Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. We're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Riley Factor, only on the Grapple Talk Network, a wrestling podcast highlighting Midwestern independent wrestling. AC Riley here talking to you about wrestling in the Midwest, uh, talking about MIAW in this uh, episode. Uh, the sun just came up, I am on the road back from Milwaukee, uh, heading back to lacrosse, trying to get some sleep at a uh, rest stop, and... Uh, not a good idea when it's the middle of winter. Uh, even right now, according to my car, it's uh, negative nine outside or nine below, depending on how you want to say it. But uh, yeah, not not very ideal for sleeping in a car when you're trying to, you know, save gas and battery energy and not leave your car running while you're trying to take a nap. But uh, yeah, sun just came up, so now I don't have to worry about a uh, random deer popping up on the road because I have plenty of. Plenty of uh, issues with deer as it is. But anyways, uh, MIAW's last show, 2017, uh, broke it down with Hotshot Scott Williams of the Ross Family Matters broadcast. Uh, glad to have him on board again to uh, break it down. Always a great time talking with him. Uh, so we'll get right into that after a quick break. You're listening to The Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. We'll see you back in a few. So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Hi, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'll take my eggs over easy, and I'll take my podcast, Deach and Dash. That's right, the Deach and Dash podcast hosted by me, gorgeous Jordy Lee, available via the Grapple Talk Network. It's about to get weird. We're going to talk some wrestling, maybe, some life, probably, and definitely going to ask whether you prefer ketchup or mustard. Catch us via the Grapple Talk Network and wherever iPods are available to you. iPods or podcasts? God, I'm the worst. Hello, wrestling fans. Cole Cabana coming to you live from the One Hour Tease Arena in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. The pro wrestling action has been great so far. As you can see, Joey really dominating the ring so far. There's a beautiful belly-to-back suplex. And... Uh-oh. Looks like Joey's shirt has been ripped. What's up with that? You ripped my shirt. Let's go check an instant replay, see exactly what happened there. You can see Joey's shirt ripped from the collar, and that's not good when you're trying to wear your pro wrestling t-shirt. Man, you ripped my shirt. It's my only shirt. Joey. Hey, it looks like Ryan from One Hour Tees just threw Joey Ryan a brand new t-shirt. Thanks, pro wrestling tees. ProWrestlingTees.com, over 3,000 wrestling t-shirts designed and sold by pro wrestlers. Wrestlers such as Steve Austin, CM Punk, Macho Man, Nick Foley, DDP, Andre the Giant, Jake the Snake, Hexaw, Jim Duggan, Scott Hall, Ted DiBiase, Cole Cabana, Joey Ryan, Cliff Compton, and the entire Bullet Club. All stores owned by pro wrestlers. Support pro wrestling today and visit ProWrestlingTees.com. Welcome back. Another recap of independent wrestling here in the Midwest. Scott Williams back on the platform with myself, AC Riley talking about MIAW, the last show of 2017 for these guys here at Papa Luigi's 2. Scott, thanks for being on this again. Yeah, hey, my pleasure. And, you know, honestly, the last independent show in the area for 2017. Yeah. I think it was a fitting way to end the year. 
Yeah, because, I mean, you look at everything that's going on in the Midwest. There's some shows that are going on on Saturday. Obviously, not a ton on Sunday for it being New Year's Eve. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's kind of the, like you said, that last show in this area, in this uh, in this territory, if you want to call it that. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, what a good way to end it. Uh, a little bit of, you know, confusion just with the dates because initially they had set this uh, to be up uh, on the 30th. Obviously, the Badgers are playing, so they wanted to kind of avoid – the conflict of interest, so they moved it to the 29th. Um, you know, you always worry about the date change because you think that maybe people have their dates already set in stone, they're playing on the 30th, they already made plans for the 29th, and then everything is switched up. But, I mean, still a pretty good draw overall. Yeah, and, and so changing the date is always tough, but especially around the holidays because I do think people have their schedules um, kind of more tight. Yeah. yeah um, and there were some familiar faces that I know we're going to be here tomorrow that didn't make it but still a decent draw and there was some snow and some some rough roads and still these fans it came out. It was a out. tough weather day absolutely. It, it really was but yeah all in all the fans were great and uh, the show you know we'll start running through that when whenever but I thought the show was actually a pretty star-studded show to end you know especially for yeah. MIW usually you know they do a six-match card. Yeah. And they never really wavered from that. And they had some heavy hitters in here today. Absolutely. And, I mean, I, I think, I mean, granted, it, it was a great draw. Obviously not as great <laughs> as, you know, the, the Thanksgiving Eve show where people were running around trying to get uh, as many chairs put up on the stage as possible. But still, not to take away from anything, because even if it wasn't, hey, we need to find more chairs, we need to find more chairs, it was still a good draw compared to a lot of other places that run that, you know, basically would do about the same advertising and have everything locked in. And some people don't draw nearly as well as they did today. So, yeah. I mean, I'm when I say not as great as the past draws, I'm not saying that it's absolutely shitty. It's just it wasn't as great, but it's still a lot better than other places. So that's my disclaimer. Well, on the 27th, when they do their next show on January 27th, their Rumble, that show will be packed. Oh, yeah, because it was, it was packed this year, and I guarantee it's going to do the same as well. So that's... It's always a good thing to see. So moving on, we'll talk about the card here. Uh, first things first, we'll get it out of the way. I don't expect that we're going to spend a ton of time on this, but uh, the dark match, it was a tag match. It was uh, it was uh, Nell Dillinger and Skylar Reed against, uh, who was it? Jack Blackwell, um, Jack Blackwell and Zach McGuire. Um, I did hear from Avalon that he would love it. He'd be tickled pink if they started calling themselves Zach Blackwell. I, I See, I was thinking the Zach and Jack attack. Zach and Jack attack? A lot of great names, so if these guys are listening, you have plenty of ideas to work if you guys start doing this as a tag team, so, tag team more often. So Nell Dillinger and Skylar Reed have teamed before. Actually, yep. they've been teaming off and on for the last four years, to yep. be honest with you. So um, first time they've teamed here together in a couple years, but still, um, that match uh, against Zach and Jack, Jack Blackwell's getting better every time I see him, and Zach McGuire's a gritty dude you know uh under, undersized but he, he gets the most out of his his ability and you know the match it, you know it, it, it's a common issue i think in a lot of dark matches sometimes i thought i think it was maybe two two and a half minutes too long yeah um, I, th- I think for the for the beginning match just kind of get the the flow of traffic going on a little bit they didn't need to go long and it kind of felt like that went too long. It's one of those things where and it happens a lot with younger wrestlers too. Sometimes everybody wants to get their stuff. In. Exactly, I got to get my stuff in. I get my stuff in. Yeah. Um, but that was my only complaint. Everything was fine. It's yeah. just again, maybe it was. It was kind of like a movie. 
that for a Judd Apatow comedy, which is usually about ten minutes too long, <laughs> this was about two minutes too. Long. Yeah, I would I would say my biggest gripe was didn't see a, a ton of blind tags. You know, didn't see a lot of heat. Um, you know, you didn't see a ton of that in the match where you know there was a lot of. It, it seemed like they would do something. They did the slow clap, and the fans would want to you know partake in it, and then they would just stop because they're waiting for that next part, and then they never got that. Right. So a lot of times the fans were sitting on their hands. You don't want that. I feel like that could have been avoided with a little bit more interaction. Just a little bit more, not a ton. Um, but a lot more than what, what we got. Um, and I would, I, I would say my other note about it was just the fact that uh, Zach McGuire, he's listening. Because, you know, he's, he's asked me a couple times like what, what I, thought, I think about his work. And I, I'll give him suggestions. I'm sure other people do as well. And you can tell that he's listening. Yeah. Because I, I've told him a couple times, if you're a pit bull, act like it. Act tenacious. Act ferocious and everything. You could tell that he was doing a little bit more of that on the, on the apron. And, and really, this whole thing was to set up something later on for uh, Skylar Reed and Nell Dellinger, which we'll get into as we, when we, as we roll into the rest of the card. So, dark match. Then we get into the main show, and thankfully there wasn't a huge lull between the end of the dark match and the start of the right. main show. And we get the opener, and uh, it ends up being a women's match. Yep, and then the women's match actually has been kind of built up for the past couple of shows. So they had the, uh, what was it, the last show, they had the contract signing. Uh, or whatever they, the last show they were on, they had the, yeah, they two, made yeah, it official. It was the first ever women's match and at least, uh, you know, quite a bit of time. Five years here. Yeah, yeah, five years. So, I mean, first match in, a, in a quite a bit of time. Really made a big deal about it. And I, I think a lot of people wouldn't expect it would have been later in the card, but it was actually the first match. Well, uh, I, on the official card, rather. Yeah, and it was a good opener with Sierra and uh, Vanessa, Vanessa Zuri. And, I, again, I, I've said it before, I can't say enough good things about Sierra. I really yeah. can't. She's amazing. She's For being so new to this business now, just two years in, yeah. to be able to work the way she does and tell a story. And, and, and evolve the way she does, too. And she was great as a babyface, even better as, as evil Sierra. Mm-hmm. So if they come out, they're going to have their match. Sierra decides to go bring out Angel Armani. Angel Armani wants to know why this isn't a title match, because... Vanessa Zuri is the BCW Women's yep. Champion. They make it a title match, and they, they go and they come out and they kill it right away. Yeah. Uh, uh, just an excellent opener and, and an excellent match from two of the best uh, female workers in the Midwest. And what I really liked about this match, again, it kind of alluded to they did the whole contract signing gimmick earlier in the match, made a really big deal that this was the first women's match in quite some time. And you could tell, even though it was the opener and it was for a title that wasn't part of MIAW, they treated it like it was a big fight field. There was a lot of times when they were trading blows that they made. They told that story that this is a big fucking deal. This is a huge match. Everything's on the line. They're gonna throw it all out there, and that's what I liked about it. Is that you know, a lot, you know, I, I like the idea that there was a lot of times that match I got really sucked in of like, all right, this is this is a big deal for both these two, and they're they're killing it right now. You yeah, know, they, have, they have great chemistry together. Um, and you could really see that in this opening match, and I don't, I don't think they lost a crowd for a minute. No, not at all. And Vanessa, a lot of, a lot of stiff chops too in that match. Yeah, too. and they, they're so used to working each other. That's what makes it so much better. So, Vanessa ends up holding on to the title, yep. retaining the BCW title. But it was such a great back and forth match. And again, I can't think of a better way to have started the show uh, than with a match like that. Absolutely. And, and I think the momentum just continued from there because we move into a tag match with. 
two really good workers, Adam Grace and Ben McCoy. Yep. Um, taking on a newly formed team of Jake yes, O'Neill and Dave Soul. Yep. And Jake O'Neill um, has always been a babyface here. Dave Soul was uh, uh, recently turned babyface at the Thanksgiving Eve show. Correct. And they had their first match as a team. I thought they gelled really well. I, it helped that they had uh, McCoy and Grace on the other side of the ring because those guys are excellent. Um, and again, this was really this was this match had the things that uh, I think maybe the dark match tag was missing. Yep, and it had a little bit more time to tell the story. I was really impressed with both teams in this. Yeah. and I would agree with you 100 percent on that because there was a lot of things I noticed in this tag match that I didn't see in the dark match that I really think that you know that. They could have done, you know, the blind tags, working the heat, working the crowd, um, you know, keeping everything to make sense, you know, just really having two teams act like two teams instead of just, hey, we're throwing some stuff together, everybody's got to get their shit in. It, it wasn't that case, so I think that was uh, definitely a good way to... I think that was definitely a, way, a good way to do it, absolutely. And, um, the, and then they allow... So they, they put the baby faces over, and right away... They're, they get challenged from the you know Nell Dillinger and Skylar Reed, and that will be a match that will be held on the twenty seventh mm-hmm. uh, as part of the the big Rumble card. Sure. And uh, I think more chance for momentum to build because now the baby faces get to face an established team that's been established here. Yep. And see if they can continue the momentum. Yep. And then moving into the to the next match, the uh, the quote unquote main event of the first half of the show, uh, you had Dysfunction and TW3 uh, for the MIAW heavyweight title. Um, TW3 accompanied by Vic Ross got kicked out since they were just throwing everybody out. Might as well throw out the rule book, do a uh, no DQ match. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the whole purpose of this and. You know, they, it ended up being a great, again, two great athletes, two guys who have been in this business a long time and, you know, worked each other for it at some point or another in different stages of their career. Yeah. And I think the, the booking idea on this was, they, I think the booking committee decided that it just made more sense for TW3 to be a face. Last show he was a heel. Yep. This show he kind of came out as a heel, but wrestled as more of a baby baby match. Sure. I think that's where they want this to go with TW3. And the match was really solid, and it, you know, Dysfunction retains his title um, heading into the big Rumble, where he will face the winner of that. Yep. So, and then of course the winner of the Rumble, uh, you know, and obviously we will move into. Um, some details here later on. Uh, so then intermission, just people grab some stuff, everything, uh, some good pizza there. Great pizza. Uh, this great is, pizza. This, this is a great. Uh, this is a great building for wrestling. I mean, absolutely. If you've never been here, you know it's got that whole upstairs area where it's just unencumbered. Great sight lines. There's not an obstructed view in, mm-hmm. the, in the house. So intermission comes. We come back for the second half, and uh, it's it's a blow off of a feud essentially yep uh tc washington and johnny swashbuckle in a kendall stick on a pole match now first things i want first thing i want to say about this match is that the kendall stick that was wrapped around the the, the pole the wooden pole that was taped around the uh turnbuckle it honestly looked like uh if you go out in the woods and you see like those grave uh those two tombstones like the the two twigs that are tied together for the cross that's kind of what it reminded me of uh, like, you know, if you have, like, a dog that, you know, passed away and you want to bury it and you just throw two sticks together. I was just hoping it didn't turn into a Sandman Raven angle. Yeah. 
That would have been bad. Just... No, no crucifixions tonight. Absolutely, but uh, so yeah. so. Let me tell you what I thought of this man. It, it was exactly what you would have expected, and then finally the stick gets pried loose. And my only knock on it was Johnny Swashbuckle is a little light on the candlesticks, and T.C. Washington was not light at all. He kind of made up for the for the lightness. I honestly half expected that when the roll up happened, I was like, are they really gonna build up to this candlestick? pull it off, and then just roll up and just say, fuck you to everybody. And I would have been okay with that because I think the crowd would have actually been really pissed about that. Uh-huh. Because obviously the whole buildup of a match, a, a, a gimmick on the pole, is that you can get it and anything goes. So you would think that, oh, once that goes, you know, all bets are off. Yeah. So when I saw that uh, TC got rolled him up, I was like, man, if this is the finish... Good heat. They Great. did a slow build to the Kendall. Yeah. And then it finally got it loose, and then they were able to use it. And everybody, both uh, participants, got, again, a fair share of their time with it. Yeah. And then in the end, so, again, light shots and then some stiff shots by TC. And then in the end, TC went for something. The stick was grabbed by uh, John Swashbuckle. used it to jam him in the throat. Yep. TC Washington coming off the ropes and then turned that into a submission where he basically choked him out with the kendo stick. I actually really like that finish, by the way, because it's set up for his uh, walk the plank stratosphere finish gimmick and then the transition right into the crossface. Mm-hmm. So even though uh, in the tag match with O'Neal and Soul, the finish was a crossface, at least it's the same thing, but elevated with the kendo stick. So yes. it wasn't the same thing, it was just the same move. Um, but I... Do you think? Do you think a lot of that was Swashbuckle? The reason that he was so light in it because it's that rookie mentality. You don't want to hurt the guy. Well, he so said kind of hold back on it. He said he didn't want to, you know, have to deal with a receipt, and he ended up getting a receipt anyway. Yeah, so that's what I told you, him. You I try said. to try to avoid a receipt, and that's what you get because if you look, anybody who signs up, TC Washington's a veteran. He know it, he expects to get hit with a kendo stick across the bat, yeah. and it's gonna sting, and it's gonna hurt. Yeah, he was ready for it, but. At the same time, you know, if you're trying to avoid a receipt, then I feel, again, we just saw this, that you get a receipt as a result. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's like, if you're dealing with any gimmick match, it's going to hurt no matter what. So you don't, like, because you have to make it believable. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you're in a gimmick match, you're like, oh, I don't really want to get hurt that hard, then don't fucking sign up for the match in the first place. Or don't be involved in a big feud that needs to end in that way. So, but all in all, the match was solid, I think. And, yeah. and then we moved into our main event, which saw a returning rough crossing. So, again, I'm telling you, this was a stacked show. Yeah. A returning rough crossing taking on a, uh, uh, what the really one of the best unsigned talents around in Joey Jet Avalon. Absolutely. And this match also didn't disappoint. Back and forth. Now, I'm going to tell you how it ended. I'm going to tell you how it started, and we'll fill in the blanks. It ended in the double count-out. We thought. Yeah. We'll get into that in a minute. It started with Joey Avalon cutting a promo telling the fans that Santa Claus had died in a tragic sleigh accident. Yep. So these and also that the reindeer ate him. Ate yes. him. And they crapped ate him Santa. out. Yes. So, so what ended up happening... By the way, I just want to point out that when he said that Santa had died in a sleigh crash... There was a fan that stood on their feet and started applauding. Yeah, well, you know. And I was like, that person was definitely in the naughty list and just like, fuck Santa. Yeah, that person never got what they wanted for Christmas. That person definitely got cold this year. So, the match goes back and forth, hard-hitting, great. I mean, two two awesome talents. Like, you, The match was going to be exactly what we thought. Then everybody was disappointed at first because like a double count out. What kind of finish is that? Yep. 
They brawl back to the ring. The locker room comes out to empty him out. It looks like a, a preview of the Rumble that we're going to see sure. on the 27th. And then what happens, Alex? Who who puts an end to the chaos? Well, it looks like we. Uh, so it looks like he didn't die. Didn't die in the crash. It was actually Santa Claus that made his way out, handed out some uh, some Christmas presents, uh, handed out some candy canes to the fans. Had uh, two gifts for Ruff and uh, Avalon. I actually didn't even see what the gifts were. Did you see them by chance? Um, they were. No, there were a couple. I saw a couple. Oh, for Ruff and for Avalon. You yeah. Mean? Yeah. So. Uh, Ruff got a nice little gift package. Um, it looked like maybe some, you know, some cowboy cologne and you know some steps. Cowboy in, cologne you know, and some dirt. But he but he got the good stuff, and Avalon got a Frankenstein like Halloween picture, and that made Avalon upset. He's like, this isn't even the right holiday. And Santa Claus said, well, actually, I got it for you because it reminds me of a tombstone. Kicks him, hits him with a stunner. Rough Fees crossing, right the tombstone. hits the which tombstone. Was, which was good about this match because the whole story being told between the two was, you know, you had Ruff that wanted to get that tombstone, was yeah, trying, he was hell-bent on trying to get the that tombstone. That was, yeah. And then you had Avalon, who was doing everything in his power to avoid the tombstone by, you know, hurting the back, you know, that vicious bump on on the apron that slammed right in the back onto the floor, the body slammed onto the, onto the wood. You know, literally everything to target the back so he couldn't go through with the tombstone. So essentially, Santa also said when he came out that he had the authority to restart the match, and that was his Christmas gift for the fans at MIW. So again, hits the stunner into the tombstone. Santa counts the pin. One, two, three. Rough Crossing wins. Yep. But Santa wasn't done there. He also had another gift for Rough Crossing, which is also a stunner. Both men laid out in the ring. Santa reveals himself to be MIAW champion dysfunction. Basically saying, look, I'm the champ, and I plan to be the champ after the Rumble because he will be facing the winner of the Rumble. And I think people are... You have to think that Rough Crossing and Joey Avalon are two prohibitive favorites to perhaps come out of that Rumble and maybe be the next challenger for dysfunction. And that's how we left. He left both guys out, left the ring to to cheers, and Champ stood tall at the end of the night. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, uh, you know, obviously you think with the with the heavyweight title that always, that it always should end the show or be in the main event or anything. But I think given the circumstances of what the main event actually was, I think it's fair mm-hmm. because again, you got two guys that are always going to put on the best match that you know of one of the best matches on the card. You put them together, and it's just a recipe for only a good match. So and we, we saw that. We saw two title matches in the first half of the show. We saw a tag team, a, a up-and-coming babyface tag team, continue their growth. And then in the second half of the show, we saw a blow-off gimmick match, and then two top contenders, including a returning Rough Crossing. So I think the way they paced it and the way they laid it out made sure. complete sense in the end. So. Absolutely. So, uh... As we always do with uh, with the end of this, after we break down everything, anything that you would have changed? Um, in the main card, absolutely not. I think it was paced exactly the way they wanted it to go. Um, I like how they set everything up, and I think everything clicked on the main card. We talked about I might have just shortened the the dark match a little bit more. Sure. Um, but otherwise, no, I can't. I can't think of anything I would have changed as far as the way this thing got laid. Sure. I think what I would, would do, the two things. One, I agree with you, the dark match should have been a little shorter. Um, I think I would have liked to see the, the second tag match coming out of intermission. Sure. 
um, only because, you know, interacting with the crowd, kind of getting them back in after coming back from just a little bit of a break. Um, you keep the two tag matches on different sides of the card. Um, I realized that the, the first tag match was obviously a dark match, so yeah. technically not part of the main card. But I think it's that way it kind of goes a little bit shorter. You come back with the uh, with the tag match, and then that way you can kind of let the whole thing with uh, Nell Dillinger and Skylar Reed breathe a little bit, coming back out, hey, blah, 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 we're doing this thing, we're setting up this match on the 27th. You have the payoff match, and then you have the main event. Yeah, I think, I mean, I understand that. I think it, it would have been hard, though, because you would have had two, only really two main matches and then the intermission. Right. And I just think the standard booking has always been, I shouldn't say I think, MIAW has always put just two matches after sure. intermission. So. And I and I, I understand that because, I mean, it's the idea that... And I want- think and I think if the, uh, so if the Kendall match wasn't in there, if it wasn't a gimmick match... I think that's how they would have come out. It would have been sure. tag, and then your main event with Ruff. Right. But. Yeah, and I, th- I think, um, I definitely think that if it would have been, you know, I understand that the first half should usually, like if you're going to have a, a five-match card, a main card, so to speak, you want to have more on the first half and the second half so then people know, okay, it's almost over, you know, we're going to be out in record time and everything like that. I just didn't like that it was tag match, women's match, tag match. Yeah. Like I felt like, kind of like we, didn't we just see one? But sure. but that was that was my only thing. But I understand that that side as well. I mean, again, if there wouldn't have been the the gimmick match immediately following intermission, I think that'd have been a nice way to just kind of let the two matches breathe, and you can kind of really see the difference and really you know really showcase both sides of it and everything. So. Absolutely, and and I think too they could have made the gimmick match the main event if they didn't, but they wanted to showcase rough and. And uh, Joey Avalon, and they couldn't put that on the first half of the card because there's no way Dysfunction could have wrestled and then done the Santa Claus. But which, so again, sometimes things get booked based on costume changes and, sure, absolutely. and things of that nature. So, but all in all, I think it was a, a good way to end the year. And, and I guess, I mean, is how would what kind of a grade would you put on this? I honestly, I'd, I'd probably give it a pretty high grade to be honest. I mean, really. Really, the only gripe, again, was just the dark match. But, I mean, I felt, again, that the the women's match was spot on. Uh, The second tag match, you know, told a great story. And it really showcased what the dark match could have done. The gimmick match was what it needed to be. The main and the title match were great. Um, So, yeah, I'd I'd say pretty high grade overall. What what about you? I would say with with all the star power on the show as well, um, I think if it wasn't for, you know, maybe the, the environment, the cold... What, the coldness of the building, things that it all that kind of plays in. It's not the promoter's fault, right? I'd say this was a B plus show from a, yeah. from an experience, from a fan experience. Absolutely. If if the heat was working, maybe it's an A minus show, but we'll call it a B plus. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure the promoter doesn't know how to control the weather. No, well, I, or the heat inside or, the building because that's the not his. Yeah, he knows how to get a heat. Just oh yes, no, oh, absolutely, not for, not for the building, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so other than that, yeah, I think from an overall experience of B plus, a fun show. They're always fun. There's, I've never seen an MIAW show that wasn't fun. It's again, it's a different type yeah. of booking. It, it's a little bit more family style, a little very bit more, fr- family friendly, very family friendly. A little bit more gimmicks, you yeah. know, like the you know Johnny Swashbuckle is the pirate, like your '90s WWF. Correct. Um, but that works here, and it's, yeah. it's about knowing your audience, right? Yeah. And, I mean, they could try that, and if it just flopped, then it's like okay, that's not working, but. They wouldn't just beat you over the head with it. They, you know, because they they're only doing it because it makes sense to do it. Correct, and and 
good promoters are promoters who know their audience yeah. and give that audience what they want. And that's what happened here today. And yeah. it was a good time. So that's pretty much this year. But, boy, January comes out right away with, with a fury. There's a huge BCW show, Rise to Honor. Legacy has a huge show. ACW comes out of the gate starting their 2018 season. Um, you have a big show here, back here for MIAW on the 27th. Uh, ICW on the fourth, right away. I mean, you don't. Yeah. Even, the New Year's barely new, and they've got a Thursday night. Yeah, show, I so. mean, you you look at you look at the month. You have ICW on the fourth, WPW on the sixth. You have RCCW and BCW on the twelfth. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Legacy on the nineteenth, ACW on the nineteenth, and then uh, the twenty seventh, MIW, and then uh, I believe the twenty eighth is ICW. Wow. So, Busy I mean, there's, month, right? there's no excuse to not see wrestling in the state of Wisconsin. There's You can't say that there isn't anything because we just listed off, I eight think, shows. 10 shows. Yeah, 8, 9 shows. Eight, eight, right nine shows. So, that'll, that'll be a great time, and I hope to get a chance to do this again because I know I'll be at at least half of those shows. So. Yeah, same here. So, <laughs> definitely work that out. But, yeah, so uh, just keep, it, keep an update on uh, the Grapple Talk Network Facebook page for all the shows we listed. Uh, otherwise, you can just rewind and then search their Facebook pages as well, um, and then you can find their event pages uh, for all that. But any anything you like to put a bow on this for for this breakdown? No, no. I, again, come out to an MIAW show when when they're in the area or when you're in the area. They'll be back here on the 27th, and that's about it. And and I also want to remind everybody since we're on the Grab Talk Network, uh, I don't usually try to over put put over the. Uh, too much the Ross family uh, podcast. Uh, well, it's a it's a fellow Grapple Talk Network show, so that's totally and fine. it's got Ring of Honor TV uh, champion uh, Silas Young. And even if you missed that airing, go back and find it in the archives. It's a must listen to. It's a it, great it, listen, it, absolutely. Silas Young is amazing, and he's very candid, and it's a great, great show uh, with him. So find that one in our archives if you're not hearing it at this week as it's airing. And I appreciate everything that Grapple Talk has done for us and, and the, how it continues to grow. Yeah. And uh, it's only going to get bigger, and I'm glad to be part of it. And just so you know, if there was any reason to listen to the Silas Young episode, it's his favorite podcast interview he's done out of two. There you go. So of, of all the two episodes he's done, this is his best one. So Excellent. go check it out. So for Scott Williams, AC Riley, thanks for listening, and we'll be right back. Hey everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out tune into the indie power rankings reveal every tuesday at 3 p.m eastern on blog talk radio filling the void radio network you can also subscribe to filling the void radio network on itunes give a follow to the indie power rankings on twitter at indie power ranking no gs instagram at indie power rankings on facebook facebook.com slash indie power rankings you can also go to the website where you can see the top 10 for the week, the tag team top 5, anything else independent wrestling related, Indie Power Rankings, IPR.wordpress.com. Oh, hello. Do you like talking about life and the fun you have with your friends and games you play with each other and 
memories you've had over the course of time. <sighs> Nothing's better than family, folks. And here at the Ross Family Podcast, we really love having fun. Myself, Jack Spade, Victor Ross, Scott Williams. A turtle. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, who the hell are you, Isaac? I'm going to say this much about MIAW, all right? I've been to the few shows that I've been to in this year, and all of them have been great. Uh, a lot of fun on the shows, you know, always worth the trip, um, always something exciting. And I feel like you don't get that with a lot of promotions. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll have the shows that are good. You'll have the shows that are great. You have the shows, you know, sometimes some stuff good, some stuff, eh, okay. And then you just have the just the god-awful shows, the shows you wish you wouldn't have not made the trip up for. And I've I've done my fair share of those. But, uh, but yeah, MIAW always yeah, puts on a good show. Uh, Armani knows what he's doing. Um, and, again, you know, a, a show that wasn't nearly as packed as – you know the Thanksgiving Eve show, but still decently packed. Like some some ship promotions um, can't even do that well with a ton of advertising. You know some good promotions. You know for them that's a good night. Uh, the number that Armani brought in. So that's that's always a good thing. Uh, really quick, just wanted to just touch on something that happened over the week. Uh, there was uh, two shows, uh, again, at my favorite place ever, uh, Powerhouse Entertainment. Uh, the same place that kind of fucked me over for interviews, uh, so I wasted a trip to Rubicon, Wisconsin for nothing. But uh, they're back in the headlines. Uh, you know, a couple couple people were up there that I'm familiar with uh, that went up to the shows. A lot of people got stiffed, no surprise there, because of who's over there and uh, because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, but on top of that, you know, it's, it's one thing for the local talent to not get paid in order to pay the names, but the names didn't even get paid. And on a, on a matter of fact, all the names were, uh, given one way tickets. Their, their one way ticket was comped. And then I'm assuming the plan was they were going to pay on the way back. And then they were just on the hook for their own flight on the hook for all their other money. And it's, it's a shame. Uh, it, the biggest the biggest takeaway from this as well is that one of the shows was in Madison, Wisconsin, which is that untapped resource of pro wrestling. I think there was 250 at the show. So at least the fans left home happy, which is great. But, I mean, again, that promotion just kind of fucked over, you know, the, their talent, their auxiliary people. Um, just nobody walked away with any type of payday. And, you know, that's that's how you do business. You know, if, if you're one of the places that gives the payday before the show happens, awesome. If you have the, you know, the payday right after the show, that's also fine, as long as you have it. You know, but instead, these guys literally just fucked over everybody, made a ton of, uh, ton of just excuses left and right, throwing the other guy under the bus when he wasn't around to defend himself so the, the other guy would look like a million bucks and that he'd look like the oh you know I really want to get you paid but man this guy's such an asshole it's like if you guys are throwing each other on the bus you shouldn't fucking work with each other and then shocker they have a save the date for in a couple months featuring some of the guys that were on the Madison show that got fucked over so I have a very sneaking suspicion they won't actually be there 
But we'll end on a high note. We'll talk about the end of 2017. Uh, over 50 shows that I did over the road. So that's a lot of, uh, you know, one, two, or three shows a weekend. A lot of traveling. Uh, got to go to some new places. Got to work with some places I've been working with for a while. A lot of fun there. You know, obviously the reformat of the Riley Factor. The Grapple Talk Network's doing great and always on the upswing. And just overall, a very, very good year uh, following uh, 2016, which I thought was kind of a banner year for me. And 2017 was right on par with that. 2018, looking to do uh, bigger and better things, looking to work as much as I can on the road uh, because I hate my roommate. <laughs> uh, it's probably the best way to put it. Uh, just, yeah, really hoping for 2018 to be uh, even better than 2016 and 2017 bigger and better things moving forward but uh we'll we'll end on a high note be sure to check out ac riley on the facebooks on facebook.com slash ac riley wi on twitter instagram and the playstation network at wrong alex riley and then also be sure to grab one of my t-shirts on pro slash wrong alex riley then also again this is part of the grapple talk network you can make sure to check out Regular Guy Gaming, the Ross Family Matters Podcast, Deach and Dash, and of course the flagship show, Grapple Talk, where Nick and Jesse highlight local and independent stuff. And hopefully uh, by the time this comes out, we should be hammering out the 2017 end of the year awards. Myself, Nick, and Jesse will be uh, doing the reveal. And we got the whole network actually involved in the, uh, the process. So everybody in the network was allowed to do some nominations just so that way we can kind of have everybody be involved. So that's, uh, that, that's always a fun time. It's uh, always nice to kind of highlight and uh, showcase the guys that are doing great things here in the, uh, in the Midwest. So with that being said, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you again for listening to The Riley Factor. Have a great 2017. We'll see you next year. Uh, as the corny joke goes. But again, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the Grapple Talk Network. Have a great Happy New Year. Have a safe, happy new year. And we'll catch you on the next side.